0: This is a Triple J podcast. We've all been in that initial talking stage, right? Like, it's always on a dating app, but then you move to like Instagram or texting. You're always on your phone sending memes, TikToks, just vibing. But then they just don't reply to you for hours. It's so shit. You can feel like it makes you a little bit, cra- you feel anxious, right? Like, oh, you're just like, where do they go? But it's such an early stage of the dating period. So you're like, I can't just message you and be like, hello, where are you? Where did you go? Why did you stop talking to me? Yeah.
1: And there are so many icks as well. Like, everyone has a different texting style. Sometimes, like, using proper grammar or um, full stops, emojis.
0: There's just like so many hidden expectations and rules. Right. Like mm. you just write people off so quickly. I've done it. I've been like, I didn't like the way that they said that. Next.
1: <laughs> they didn't spell that correctly. They didn't spell that correctly. I Next. was the
0: your your you are. You are. I you was are. I used to be. Oh that's
1: sad. Anyway. You're- <laughs>
0: Oh my god, there's so much we need to talk about in this episode We're going to investigate why we get so anxious during that talking texting stage
1: Yeah, and whether you actually owe somebody anything Oh yeah, let's get meta with that
0: Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And like how to deal when someone's texting style doesn't match yours
1: Also, is there such a thing as a quote-unquote bad texter? I have thoughts about this Mm. We'll get to it very soon Obviously, we did a vibe check this week. We put it up on our Instagram stories. And we did a couple of polls. This first one, 81% of you said, yep, you're anxious about waiting for a reply. Huge number, 81%. Even bigger than that, 86% of you said that you overthink and overanalyze messages. And you know what? That's fair. I love that
0: because it makes me feel so human. (laughs) I'm like, we're all doing it. That's majority. That's majority of people. We're all looking at messages being like, did they mean, I hate you, I don't like you, when they said hi with a full stop? Or did they just say hi with a full stop because they're at work and they're busy? I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's I'm definitely um, guilty of this. Like D one time texted me with like a full stop and not like three exclamation points. Like, and I was, like usual. I was like, she's mad at she me. She hates me. She doesn't like me. And that's crazy, but I was thinking that because we've known each other for ages and we get along really well. This is when you're just flirting with somebody and It's very, very new. You don't know each other. So you're trying to like fill the gaps. And there were
0: so many things as well that you told us about in our DMs that either put you off someone or your expectations and rules around texting.
2: We'd been together for two and a half years and some weeks I would wait upwards of four days for a reply for just a basic thing. The guy I'm currently dating is terrible at replying. He's studying for his PhD, so that consumes most of his day and he'll reply when he can I was super anxious about it when we first started dating and I work away a lot, so I have a lot of time to overthink delayed replies. But I know that when we're together, he hardly looks at his phone. So I've taken an understanding that's how he is. And it's really taught me to be less anxious about his messaging pattern. And if it's urgent, then we just call. If someone can't reply to me in a timely manner, then they just aren't worth my time.
3: Stop texting someone pretty quickly when they don't ask questions back or they just reply to your questions by saying, and you, or they just reply to be polite.
2: It's so important in the early stages of dating to ask each other questions in return rather than one person just carrying the load and asking all the questions. I've, I've had a few times both over text and in person where I've been the only one asking questions and it just makes me feel like you're not interested.
4: I'm not really in dating myself to play games. I think that we have our phones on
3: us all the time. It's pretty easy to reply when you get a message, if you don't want to chat or if you're busy or you're going out with friends or you have work. It's simple to just say, you know, going out or have work, I'll reply to you later or tomorrow. I think that's just good communication and good communication to me is a green flag. Uh, You know, I'm not here to wait two days for a reply or something like that. I just typically would say that, you know, if you're gonna reply that long, wait that long, then I just think that you're probably not interested. So I'll probably be happy, more, more than happy to move on to somebody else.
0: Honestly, out here, it's just, it's a hot mess. We're all, we don't know what we're doing, but we all think we know what we're doing. And then we're like, you should be doing what
1: I'm doing, but you're not doing what I'm doing. Everyone has different expectations. And this early stage of talking texting is such a head fuck. Like it's a minefield and there's so much to unpack. So we thought we would start off by busting a few myths, basically. Firsty, I want to start off with what I was saying before about people being bad texters. Because 63% of you said, you would write someone off if they were a bad texter.
0: And this is what Liam did. He DM'd us and was basically like, I was trying to date this girl. She said she was shit at texting and then I just had to end it.
3: Went on a few coffee dates on someone that met on a dating app. And, you know, she said right from the start, I'm not a very good texter, which I thought was fine. And it turned out that was very true and uh, it wouldn't, wouldn't hear back from her, you know, over a weekend and we'd miss time to maybe catch up and go for a coffee. And I offered a few times to say, well, if you're not interested, that's fine. Just, just say so. And she said, no, no, I am. And then uh, eventually I texted her and said, look, your communication style, we're probably on the same wavelength. Quietly quite respectful, don't think we should see each other anymore. Within five minutes, you like the message.
1: <sighs> that's actually so dog.
0: But that's the thing is like, what exactly is a bad texter? Because I feel like if you've told someone at the start that you're a bad texter, you're pretty much saying that you hate that style of communication, right? So Mm. you don't want to really give that person a lot
1: over text. Yeah. I think to me, like being a bad texter means that they're like really slow at replying and I'm not like speedy.
0: Well, there is a lot of nuance. And we spoke to psychologist Dr. Jared White about this to figure out whether bad texters are actually legit.
3: What does it mean to be bad at something? I mean, we're talking about that's where we're using this idea of capacity. Like my capacity for texting, my 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 capacity to do this is not good. Well, that's not true. That's not that's not true. we're talking instead really when someone says I'm bad at texting they're saying they're talking about their priorities. Uh, my priority is not to text you at this point or to text my priority is to do other things. And that's okay to not prioritize texting in your life or to prioritize uh, getting back straight to someone straight away. But then it's not about being good or bad at it. It's about choosing what you're doing at that point in time. And so in a way, I, I kind of agree with the people to say that they're full of shit. On the other hand, I wouldn't say that they're full of shit because, you know, it's just, it's, demeaning to the whole that person what they're doing you know they're coming to you saying I'm bad at texting and there's probably something going on for them with that you know they're probably struggling in some sense with the idea of texting or commitment or um, what it is to be vulnerable about how they're going to be or maybe worried that you might not like them or 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 hesitant themselves and if you come and say oh you're full of shit you're never going to get anywhere with that and it doesn't actually speak to the situation. So you're right, but there's more nuance to the situation than that.
1: Firstly, respect if someone does tell you at the start that they're a bad text. Oh, big time. Like give someone a heads up so they're not like going in being like losing their mind and being anxious about it. You set the expectation.
0: Yeah. Secondly, when Jared spoke about the priorities thing, I totally feel that because another thing we want to break down is the whole quote unquote, if they wanted to, they would, everyone always says it takes about 10 seconds to reply to someone but if you think about the priority thing that Jay was talking about why would I be prioritizing this is just what goes through my head hmm. someone that I'm just starting to talk to over my job like my friends my family the other people I'm talking to like I just think that if I'm being a shit reply or a shit text and I'm taking a while, it's like it's just because I
1: don't know you and I'm not – you're not a priority. Yeah, and this would change if you're, like, well down the track in the relationship, right? You would be like, why am I not a priority? Like, that's when it gets a little bit um, hairy, I guess. But, like, in this sense – yeah. Like you're not necessarily a bad texter because you're prioritizing something else. It's just that you don't have as much time for this brand new person in your life. And going back to what you said about that, it just takes 10 seconds to text me back. So true, D. We had so many DMs about this. Someone here saying, you're glued to your phone anyway. I see you're online on Messenger or WhatsApp. So why can't you just reply? I think this is such an interesting way of thinking, and it's really trending at the moment. Um, and Haley got in touch with us, and she is a big believer in this whole. If they wanted to, they would.
2: I'm not an overly clingy person. like I'm very comfortable in being alone and all those sorts of things. But when I am like chatting with someone that I am keen on, like I will always find the time to reply to them. And I don't expect someone to reply to my every single message when I send it. I'm like, get back to me when you can, just as long as you get back to me, you know, because I just feel like it's rude otherwise not to reply to messages. I saw like a quote on, it was on Instagram and it was just like, just remember if they wanted to, they would. And that's kind of like really helps me make the decisions as to whether I'm going to keep putting energy into that person.
0: She's being totally reasonable. Mm. I just think sometimes it comes down to, you liking that person more right and your expectations of how someone should message you based on how you message someone else yeah so you're like i'm someone who wants to feel like really connected to this person and keep messaging because i really like them but the other person might just be like well i'm at work i'm busy i'm not on my phone i've got these events on i've got like training or athletics or i don't know what people do after work
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'm watching my favorite tv show i can't reply reply to you just totally fair enough I think it's so interesting, and I think this whole, like, if they wanted to, they would. Some people really want to, but they can't. Like you're saying, they are preoccupied with, like, other things in their headspace, whether it's, like, a job that requires their full attention. I found this um, DM really interesting. Moose got in touch. He said, I can't hold a relationship these days because everyone's too worried about how I don't reply quick enough. He says, mate, I'm a tradie. And out here, you can't be on your phone all day. It's either dangerous or you get nothing done. And I was like, yes, this is reasonable. I don't like this whole like dump him vibe where people are just making this really rash decision to be like, okay, if they're not meeting me here, like they're cut off. They're done. There's no chance for error. There's also that kind of quick dump him vibe when it comes to seeing like even the smallest red flag, which is like, oh, they didn't reply to me within three hours. That's a red flag. That's to me unreasonable.
0: I will say Mm -hmm. from the other perspective, though, when you have so many people on dating apps and you're swiping and you have so many options, why would you waste time with someone who doesn't feel the same way as strongly as you do or has the same kind of texting communication style as you. So I understand why you might just be like, well, I'm going to write that person off. And we had so many people in our DMs say that to us Mm. that if you didn't reply in a couple of hours or if you didn't match the same texting vibe or style, that it was just like, oh, no, I'm not into this. I'm going to move on to the next person because there's so many
1: people out there was generally what a lot of people were saying you're right you can filter out like a lot of people that way but let's pretend that you went on a date with them you had a great time in person and then you're getting to know them again still texting getting the rears happening online and then just not replying and you're like oh i'm so confused but you saw them in person and you were like they're dope what then d salman
0: Well, we're going to get into that, aren't we? You know we are too. There's so much like anxiety that comes with not replying. And yeah, that's something we're going to explore really soon. But we do have to talk about some other reasons why people might be shit at texting. Tori got in touch because she has ADHD. And a lot of people in our DMs are saying that they've got ADHD or dyslexia or they're on the spectrum and they find it really hard to concentrate and compartmentalize texting. So that for them is like a really valid reason why they might not reply to you in time or not match your kind of energy through the, you know, talking, texting stage. But Tori also did say that if she really liked the person, nothing would get in the way. So I am somebody who does suffer with ADHD, so it does get really hard with my forgetfulness. Quite often I'll see a notification and it'll get mixed up with a bunch of other notifications or I'll read a message and simply put my phone down and I'll never get back to it. But I find when I'm really interested in talking to somebody or somebody that I've got a really close relationship with I will always put in that effort no matter what I will always have them in my mind and thinking about that and I will always remember to reply
1: okay so Tori's example here has just completely um, thrown my argument under the bus thank you so much Tori but it is kind of nice to hear that like I don't know if they want to do, they would I don't know I feel weird about it now I don't know what the right thing is I'm
0: like do they if they wanted to they would like yeah yeah Another big thing that you told us in our DMs was that a lot of you play games when you're texting or in the initial talking stages. Uh, Sammy says, my ex used to not text on purpose or ignore me for hours. Which is really Which awful. is actually just awful. Yeah. But that's like different because that's a relationship. But yeah, we did have a lot of you say that you will, if they take ages to reply, you'll also take just as long to reply back to them. A little bit of retaliation. <laughs> And Jared has some thoughts on this.
3: Are you? I don't know. Are you having fun playing the game? Because games usually are there to inspire some joy and are there to inspire some fun. I don't know that many people playing games when it comes to texting are having that much fun. It kind of sounds like there should be another word to use. For me, one of the things that I've come back to all the time is grounding in your own experience. And what that means is, texting someone when you want to text them in the early stages because you haven't developed that relationship to a point where you really have an understanding of each other so what you're trying to do I suppose in these early stages is be able to say this is who I am and you're not really saying this is who I am if you're riffing off the other person what you're doing is you're then saying this is who I am in relation to you in other words this is who you are so when you play that game, you're just reflecting back to them who they are. You're not really showing yourself. And then you're not really entering into this whole social contract of hey, we're here to meet each other.
0: I got something to say. Oh, I here got we go. Good oh, then you have a mic. <laughs> okay, so with this, I think that you should show someone like Jared said what you're like in texting because sometimes they'll match your energy. You set your expectations up without having to say it by being like this is how I message and I've seen people message in a very similar way back to me when they weren't initially messaging me in the same style as me.
1: But you don't think that's playing a game. It's just like you're being your true self. I'm being my
0: true self and by being my true self, I'm setting up my expectations for how I like to message and therefore if they want to like –
1: match me they'll do that or if they like me they'll put in that effort I see that I also think if it was me in this circumstance I get really excited in the honeymoon period of meeting somebody like I get I fall in love very quickly with people and I get excited and I want to text them all the time and that I think for me I'd have to show so much restraint because yeah I'd want to keep texting them like heaps early on but if I'm doing that and then you peter out and you have a relationship after that and then like they're like, why don't you text as much? It's like, oh, because I was, I was obsessed, obsessed with you. you and now I still am. But I'm just like, don't have the time and energy to do yeah. the same amount of texting. Okay, so we've kind
0: of listed a few things as to why someone might be quite, quite a bad or shit texter. You know, things like they're at work, they're busy, they might have ADHD, whatever it is. But Mm. uh, Jared actually reckons that someone might not be replying because they might just be feeling anxious.
3: There are so many reasons why you might not send a text and could be that the person on the other end is anxious and they're anxious for many reasons, maybe because they don't want to write the text and they're not interested or because they're so interested and they don't know what the perfect thing to say is and they get themselves into a loop and they can't write it. So like to try to ascertain why a person's not writing text back is we either go in an extreme way or it's going to be fraught somewhere in the middle. It's going to be fraught with a misinterpretation of some kind. Like we're never going to be quite sure. So if someone's not replying to a text, so many reasons why they wouldn't be, but to try and interpret those reasons is going to be just a game that doesn't end well.
1: It's kind of like a nice reminder That someone might be just freezing up on the other end because they like you so much and they don't wanna fuck it up.
0: (laughs) Seriously, though, and you've actually told us before that you want us to help you because you suffer from so much social anxiety and dating that you find it really hard to do dating apps and message. So that could totally be a factor as well.
1: Yeah, it's also good to remember that this is super normal. It's very human to feel anxiety when chatting with somebody in the early stages when you really like them.
3: You're in a world of uncertainty at that point. As soon as you send a message, things are uncertain it's out of your hands you're not in control and that is the space for anxiety that is anxiety you're only anxious in uncertainty you're not anxious in certainty so as soon as you send a message it's done uncertainty happens you're going to be anxious that's okay very normal
0: like jared said it is extremely human to feel anxious especially you know in that beginning stage when you're messaging someone for the first time But then there are going to be extreme levels of anxiety, right? Like where you just feel like you can't do anything, you can't function. And we love hate, love hate. I hate, but you love. I love to to bring it up. (laughs) Very classic us. But we're going to cover attachment styles.
1: Yes, we saw a TikTok and it was this girl talking about a podcast she was loving by Stephanie Rigg, who's a relationship coach specializing in attachment styles. Her podcast is called On Attachment and she goes into all things like attachment,
0: love, relationships and intimacy. And she gets so many messages about texting specifically.
1: Yeah. So we listened to an episode about anxious attachment and texting and we thought, oh, my God, this makes so much sense. So we had to chat to her for this episode.
0: One of the major takeaways for us after speaking with
1: her was... The gamification of our devices right yeah so if you're unfamiliar with that term it's basically where our phones are set up to make us really addicted to it and yeah all those notifications just like zap in your brain and give us like delicious hits of dopamine and and everything and Steph actually really broke it down for us even more at
2: a very basic level dopamine is a neurotransmitter a neuromodulator that is all about the pursuit of things that give us pleasure, that feel good, that you know have a reward associated with them. Uh, and so I think that all of the research around addiction it comes back to dopamine and the role of dopamine in, in driving addictive behaviors. So I think that understanding at a baseline that the way we interact online, whether that's in social media or texting, these kind of Bite size, you can imagine it just like lighting up your brain's reward system every time you're getting a text message from someone or a notification on your phone um, or scrolling through a thing. Like all of that, it's just lighting it up in the same way that, you know, playing the pokies would. And all of those things are, are very intentionally designed to do that because it keeps us hooked. It keeps us picking up our phone constantly, checking notifications, going back and spending more time in these spaces. Um, which is obviously the objective of the people who have designed them.
0: And this is made so much worse if your attachment style is more anxious.
2: When we layer on anxious attachment, and as you say, in the context of romantic attachments or romantic connections, anxious attachment is, you know, characterized by someone who has a very uh, strong need to be connected and disconnection feels really, really anxiety-inducing, feels unsafe, leads to all of this you know, stress very viscerally for a lot of people. Uh, and so with texting, because it's it's so intermittent, and you know, the term that I used on my podcast was it's kind of like drip feeding the reinforcement that this person is interested in you. So you see their name pop up, you get a notification, you feel this quick peak of dopamine, like, oh, I get this, my whole body lights up and I feel good because they're interested in me. And I reply and then I'm getting this trough I was actually listening to a, a podcast yesterday on dopamine and it was describing that, that phenomenon, that the contrast between the peak and the trough, when we go like, Oh, dopamine spike, I feel good. That's reinforcing, but then kind of the the fall from grace becomes very acute and very noticeable. And so then the absence of that thing, whether it's a text or a drug is the thing that then pursues us to need another, hit another text message and to go in search of that thing and so when you're anxiously attached and that disconnection or that uncertainty or that space between is layered with feeling insecure and unsafe and oh no this person is there something wrong did I say something should I not have done that that's just like a multiplier effect on something that's already designed to be kind of addictive um, so it definitely exacerbates what is already there.
1: You know what? I think one time someone might have been attached to me in an anxious way and um, they said, where'd you go? And they texted me this after we were having a chat and I was at work And I hadn't responded to them for about two hours. Was this at the start, the talking stage at the start? At the very beginning. And I was really confused. I was like, I'm at work. Like, I don't know. And I just didn't know like how to respond really at that point. And a lot of you have been on the other side of that as well. Alex got in touch saying, I once didn't reply to a text for two hours. And the guy was like, why'd you abandon me? So it's a legit feeling. Totally. And I think as well for me, sometimes I get really frustrated when you're messaging someone.
0: They message you straight away. You message them straight away. And then they just disappear and you're like, but we just messaged each other straight away. Like, where did you go? But you, you can't <laughs> say that to them because it's the beginning
1: stage, but you generally are like, what, what are you doing? Where are yeah. you? So if you are this kind of anxious attachment waiting on a text reply, you probably are going to relate to what Stephanie says next
2: because it does completely take over your life. Anxious people in particular probably aren't as good at compartmentalizing than going like, oh, okay, I'm stressed about my relationship, but I'll just go about my day and... Uh, kind of return to that later or be able to zoom out and look at it in perspective, uh, it sort of becomes the whole experience of of being in the world um, and it is really all consuming. So I think it can absolutely interfere with your ability to concentrate at work or your interest in talking to friends. You know, it's just, it takes up all of your field of vision in a way that really blocks you from uh, wanting or being able to do other things.
0: Okay. I semi can relate to the anxious side of things
1: but then you're proper avoidant yeah? i know i'm hearing this and i'm like
2: wait <laughs>
1: i might be avoidant let's hear stephanie talk about this because we haven't
2: covered that yet avoidant people are not likely to want to just talk for the sake of talking uh you know anxious people are going to want to be like oh what are you doing now oh how's work oh what what did that person at the office say or how was your commute or just like so much talking for the sake of feeling connected rather than because it's necessary more avoidant leaning people tend to be a bit more practical and and like pragmatic. And it's like, why would I need to tell you about my commute? Like, we'll talk later. I'm at work. I think we really need to understand those differences in order that we don't take them personally. And I think that certainly avoidant people, if the anxious person starts to get anxious and escalate and send, you know, 10 messages in a row and start trying to call and, and freak out, that can be a lot. You know, if you've ever, Add someone like that. Even if you're listening to this and you're more anxious in your relationships, maybe there are relationships in your life with a family member or a friend, and you've kind of been on the receiving end of that level of intensity. It makes you more avoidant, right? Like it's just like, ah, oh, I want to push that away. I don't want to pick up the phone because if I do, I feel like I'm opening the floodgates. Um, and so I think being mindful of how our intensity might be received by someone who isn't that way inclined um, and just being a little bit more sensitive to that rather than kind of imposing our expectations of frequency of contact on someone and then being really hurt when they don't reciprocate.
1: Dee, I definitely think I'm avoidant after hearing this. Right? I do not want to hear small talk during like hours where I'm busy. Uh, I <laughs> definitely think I would be that kind of person that is very like pushed away from someone if they gave me that intensity of anxious attachment. Um it's so
0: interesting hearing Stephanie talk about it because for someone who is listening right now, or even for me, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe I do want to connect with that person during the day and be like, what's going on for you? How are you? Blah, blah, blah. But hearing that they don't, an avoidant person might not want to hear that. And just the way that their brain kind of sees things differently, being like, well, why would I want to talk about my day? I'll talk to you when I see you. Mm. Like, it's just like so freeing because it's like takes the pressure off. That's a nice way to put it. I like that. Because you're like, cool, they just have a different texting style to me which yeah it's not personal yeah just don't hit me with the
1: where'd you go go? don't ever do that again because even though that's minor I know that's minor in comparison to other people but yeah it did put me off a little bit okay enough
0: talking shit (laughs) educational shit very important intelligent educational diversifying enlightening (laughs) Let's get to the practical advice. Yeah. Let's get you sorted. Let's get you some help. If you have been listening and you're like, okay, I fully relate to that anxious feeling of waiting for a reply, it fucks with my whole day. Jared is here with some advice.
3: It depends who you are and how you deal with your anxiety in the first place, of course. Like so many people do different things for their anxiety, it can be well being, mindfulness, journaling, exercise seeing friends distractions whatever it is that's one option i think the other thing is there's probably again this the i would suggest where we we can actually communicate that we're afraid to do i think a lot of the time where it might be after 24 hours if you haven't had a text back saying hey sending another text saying hey did you and we're so afraid to do that because we're like what if this looks bad it's embarrassing, or I look desperate. And if that's the case, if you're going to look desperate to the other person by saying, hey, did you get this message? Or hey, and they're going to be like, oh, that person's desperate, I don't, then they probably weren't going to bite anyway. You know, they weren't into it anyway, and they, if they were waiting. But I'm not saying just send a text straight away, because you want to give people time. And so it might just be for yourself having these markers of what do you think is a reasonable amount of time to wait? And then there's this great skills uh, as part of a distress tolerance strategy in DBT therapy. This is going to DBT therapy called uh, pushing away, which is where you literally just, you know, you say to yourself for 24 hours, I'm just going to push away thoughts of this text, this text exchange. I might even write it down on a piece of paper, fold up the piece of paper, put it in a box, put the box on a shelf and literally shelve it for 24 hours. And then in 24 hours, I'll come back to it, take the box off the shelf, open up the piece of paper and I'll send a text saying, hey, did you get this message? But have like a boundary for yourself. So the best ways to deal with the anxiety is to have a boundary because if you've got a boundary, then you've got some sense of certainty. And you can say, okay, I've sent the text and I know that if I don't get anything back in 24 hours, that's when I'll send the follow-up. So you have a plan and then your anxiety can reduce a little bit because you've got some sense of certainty in that.
0: We spoke about this a little bit before where it's the beginning stage. You can't really say to someone like, hey, I really don't like that you took 12 hours to reply to me or like, Mm -hmm. hey, I really don't like it when you are really blunt over message or you just like ignore my text or whatever it is, because it is you know, we're all trying to be our best selves. We're all trying to be a bit cool, a bit chill, like just trying to like not come across as whatever.
1: But there are ways around it to be in like the most chill way, setting up your expectations and making sure that at least somebody knows how you feel about texting. And Jared has a really great example of this. One
3: thing could be like just saying rather than these are my expectations of you, one thing can be this is what I like. Because, you know, to have expectations of people straight away before you've met them uh, can be a little bit uh close to them or you know might put people off. I'm not saying you shouldn't have expectations because we all have expectations and it's normal to have expectations. Like I expect that someone's not going to call me, you know, an asshole in the text message straight away, um, unless I say something that is becoming of an asshole. Do you know what I mean? Like there are certain social norms, but we might say to them, hey, like I re- I really like it when people text um within the first couple of hours. So um, if you can, or even just send me, or even just send me a text saying, "Hey, I got the message." Uh, I feel like those short messages are such good ways to work with this because you can one offer people messages to write to you if you're interested, and two, you can say to someone else, like when you've received a text but you're not in the headspace to respond, or it's too hectic for you to respond, or you're too anxious about it, you can say ten words: "Hey, got your message. I'll write back in a moment."
1: So Jared obviously is giving some great advice on how you can communicate with a partner, but Stephanie also offered up some really good advice about setting boundaries within yourself.
2: Having some boundaries with yourself, like, oh, okay, maybe we can touch base in the morning and then I'll say, you know, I'm going to go off to work, I'll talk to you tonight. Kind of bookends it in a way that feels safe for the anxious person because you know there's a horizon where you're going to have contact again it kind of meets the certainty need in a way that you can then go okay like i can put my phone down now whereas when there's this lingering like again that dopamine thing of when am i next going to get a hit i don't know this intermittent reinforcement of i could get a text at any moment and so i've got to keep checking uh, that's the thing that keeps us hooked whereas if we kind of know right, we're not going to be texting all day long and that's fine. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing that I need to be worried about. It's just what we've agreed. Then I can kind of rest in the knowing that I'll talk later and everything's fine. So I think on both sides, having some sort of healthy boundary around it can be really supportive.
0: I did this. Oh, yeah. Um, I actually stopped sleeping with my phone in my bedroom because I get really, really anxious when I send someone a text or a message And it's just before I'm about to go to bed and they haven't replied. Mm. Like I won't sleep. Mm. And it might not even be like a risky text. It might not even be a text where I'm like, oh, I wonder what they're going to say to this. It could just be any text. But if they haven't replied, I'm not sleeping. So now I don't message people before I go to bed. I leave my phone out of my room. Happy days. Setting
1: healthy boundaries. We love to see it. Okay, so also going back to that stat where 86% of you said that you overanalyze texts, we asked Jared about this and, yeah, he had some good advice about basically recognizing it and trying to resolve it within yourself.
3: We can be aware of it and notice it, and as soon as we notice it, it gives it less power, and as soon as we start to give it less power, we can work with it a little bit more. So when we notice that we're misinterpreting or or at least trying to interpret, we don't know if we're misinterpreting, as soon as we're trying to interpret that's exactly where we start making it about the other person rather than about our experience and grounding in wanting to be who we are and show them who we are. And that's where we might want to take a step back for a moment or, you know, chat to a friend or like do something that makes us feel good. And then if, again, our boundaries reach 24 hours or something and they haven't responded or, or they've said something we don't like, we can ask them about it communicate it. I didn't like this. What does this mean? Or, hey, uh, this got me a little bit worried. What do you mean by that? Or just ask, what do you mean by that?
0: If you're dating and you're dating for the purpose of trying to build a relationship with someone, like we've been hearing, a lot of you are writing people off super quickly based on style, ex, whether or not <laughs> they ask you questions, whether or not they reply within whatever time frame you need them to reply in. Like these are a lot of people that could have been potential partners for you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we need to figure out before we end this episode – is it a complete deal breaker if someone has a completely different style of texting and communicating than you?
3: I'm sure there are people with different texting styles that work and there are people with different texting styles that don't work and to, to put it into a binary, like you've got to have the same texting style like that. That's it's it's just too clear cut and relationships are messy and people are messy and there's so many layers to people that we can explore that texting styles, communication styles uh, are going to be different in one way or another, and the whole point of a relationship is not to have the exact same experience, exact same style, and just work. The whole point of a relationship is to build the bridge between your styles, and that's what we're doing when we're building a relationship. We're building a relationship, you know, and so like that's 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 I think the whole whole point of it, isn't it, to be able to learn from someone else's style and show them yours and have them have you two work together.
0: Yeah, and Katie got in touch with us because at the start of her relationship, she was dealing with so much miscommunication with her boyfriend, but after she gave him the space and the time, she overcame it. Perfect. Katie actually DM'd us because she said that at the start with her and her current partner, they were so bad at texting. She was playing games and he was just not messaging her at all. But – She's given it some time and now they're in a really
4: great place. So I'm 20, my partner's 19, and we got together just before I turned 17. So when we started dating, um, when we were quite young, I was quite toxic with my texting, you know, playing the games of if he doesn't respond in this amount of time, then I won't respond for double that time. And he was working out bush and also has dyslexia and ADHD, so he would never respond on time and when he did his messages didn't make sense he didn't know how to spell a lot of the words it probably took us a good two years to actually realize okay hold on we need to talk about this in person and work out why our communication over text isn't working really well and it's far better now I now understand that he can't talk as often as I can or as well as I can whereas you know 16 year old me did not understand that I thought he was ignoring me or didn't like me but now that I can take a step back and go okay hold on maybe he's just actually just busy or I'd see he's him active on Facebook but he wouldn't respond to me and I got so offended by that but now it's like okay wait he works all day every day maybe he just wants an hour of downtime to scroll aimlessly without having to worry about messaging people you know, it's it's about the perspective and actually taking that step back and going, okay, wait, this isn't all directed at me.
1: I love what she had to say about um, just, you know. Being online. Being online and scrolling and chilling out. Like that is your headspace to just relax. And even if you see someone online, you're like, why aren't they replying? It's like sometimes you don't have the space. So that's why I think if they wanted to, they would it is so weird because I think sometimes you just, you can't, you don't have the headspace for it.
0: I totally agree. Sometimes you need to sit down on your bed, be in the mindset to send an essay, reply to an essay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Okay, I feel like this episode's been a little bit confusing, but also I feel like I've learned a lot from it and I mm. hope that you have too.
1: Yeah, I've gotten a lot out of it and I do agree with you. It can be a bit nuanced. as like, what is the right answer to this?
0: Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's like maybe give people a bit more of the benefit of the doubt or be a bit more curious about why they might be texting in a certain way or not replying. And also, like, you can always just ask them. Like, It's I know not it the end feels, of the world. I know it feels a bit icky being that vulnerable and putting yourself out there like that but you'll get your answer and like jared said if they don't want to if that like puts them off you and they don't want to keep seeing you then that's on them and uh, but also i think it's really important to make sure that you're not putting up with shit behavior too
1: mm, absolutely thank you so much again for tuning in we love doing these episodes for you if you have an idea for a topic get in touch with us um at triple j the hookup or you can email us the hookup at abc.net.au yay okay bye. bye Dave Marchese here from the Triple J Hack team. If you love the Hookup podcast like I do, we reckon you might enjoy the Triple J Hack podcast too. Each day we bring you the news that matters to you, from the latest science on climate change to what's going on in politics and news around the world. The
3: Hack podcast, it's your daily fix of the news you need to know. Get it wherever you're listening now.